Good morning, Chapel Hill. My name is Rachel, and I'm really delighted to be with you here today as a newly ordained pastor of this church. Thank you to all of you who chose to come in person to our ordination service or to watch it online. Julie and I are so grateful for your support in this journey, and I'm so grateful to get to continue to serve this beautiful church family. I wonder how many of you did not grow up in Gig Harbor. This is so interesting across the services. And how many of you grew up here and missed it so much you just had to move back again? Yes. One of the most common questions that I get asked is, do you miss England? Of course. I miss the rolling hills. I miss the endless cups of tea. I miss my family, my friends, my hometown. This past weekend, I really longed to have my family with me for my ordination service. I really miss them. If you've ever moved away from a people or a place that you love, you know that feeling, that longing to be back together, that longing to be home. And in our passage today, Paul talks about experiencing homesickness for heaven, a longing to be at home with the Lord. And in a time when our nation is divided over so many things, We as a church need to remind ourselves that earth is not our home. Regardless of birth town or background, we are united in our eternal heavenly citizenship and in our earthly experience of homesickness for heaven. We're going to be exploring this over the next few weeks in a new sermon series we're kicking off today called Our United State. Would you turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 4 through 7? Paul says, For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened, because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we live by faith, not by sight. Would you pray with me? Father God, we thank you for the gift of your word, and we thank you for the gift of being citizens in heaven. Would you illuminate your word to us today? Would you help it to make sense to us? I pray, Father, that you would fill my words with your Holy Spirit. Would you help them to communicate your message in the way that we need to receive it today? In Jesus' name, amen. Our kids were born in the USA, but both their parents are British. And my favorite question to ask them is, are you English or are you American? When they were little, their English accents were so strong that many adults found it difficult to understand them. We had parent-teacher conferences just to explain their cultural differences, and their grandparents back home all the while were frustrated that they couldn't follow simple instructions like, go fetch your jumper. 
Our kids have gone through several phases already as to which culture they most identify with. And I'll never forget Evelyn's first week of school. She came home off the school bus and she told us, Mommy and Daddy, when I'm at school, I'm American. When I'm on the bus, I'm British. Nowadays, she says, I'm only American because I was born here, but I'll gladly help you learn how to be American if you'd like. <laughs> but my favorite explanation of all is little Ezra, who has come up with a new word for his status. He says he is Americish. <laughs> Knowing where we come from makes a big difference to our sense of identity. I wonder if you've ever thought about the fact that you are not from here either. Your citizenship is not of this earth. You might be a citizen of the United States by birth, but your heavenly home is your true home. Our passage today says that our citizenship is not of this earth. We were made with an eternal purpose in mind. In verse 5, Paul says, God fashioned us for this very purpose. This eternal citizenship looks very different from our mortal existence. It's far better. Paul illustrates this contrast in a few different ways in this chapter. In the contrast between a flimsy temporary tent and a building, an eternal house built by God. Instead of nakedness, being clothed, and in the contrast between being at home in the body and at home with the Lord. In each of these metaphors, Paul describes the far superior, eternal, secure, much-desired and longed-for heavenly home with the Lord. We were designed with heavenly citizenship in mind. Our true home is heaven. But how do we know that we were designed this way? We know because while we're on this earth, we experience homesickness for heaven. Paul uses the word groan several times in this passage. He says that while we wait for our resurrection bodies, we groan. And while we're in this tent, we groan and are burdened. And at first glance, you might think that this groaning refers to complaining about the troubles of this life, whining about our suffering and our circumstances. But that's not actually what Paul means here. This groaning is not complaining, and it's not focused on present circumstances. Remember from last week, Paul's eternal perspective helps him to see his suffering as only light and momentary troubles. He is fixing his eyes on the unseen. He is living by faith, not by sight. He's not focused on his sufferings. This groaning is not being focused on sufferings. This groaning is actually the complete opposite this groaning is a kind of hoping and expectation. It's future-focused and it's positive. It's the same word used in Romans 8 to refer to the groaning of all creation as in the pains of childbirth, the inward groaning of the people of God waiting eagerly and in hope, and the wordless groans of the Spirit who intercedes for us. 
It's with this same groaning that we pray, come, Lord Jesus, come. This groaning is strongly connected to the word longing that Paul also uses several times in this passage. I find it helpful to think about it this way. When Ezra, who is now five, when he was just four months old, we went to England to visit our family. We are that family that never wants to pay for bags, so we maxed out our luggage allowance and proceeded to juggle it all through the airport. I think we had about nine bags in all. We were completely insane. And totally exhausted by the time we even made it to the gate for the beginning of our nine-and-a-half-hour flight. I settled the kids and flopped into my own seat and immediately was filled with this overwhelming sense of homesickness as I finally allowed myself to picture where we were going, finally allowed myself to get excited that we were going home. And then, then began the flight from hell. (laughs) Long-haul flights with kids especially those that go through the night. Those are always difficult. But this one, this was another level. Baby Ezra threw up not just once, but five times over the course of this flight. And I'm not talking cute baby spit up here. I'm talking full-on projectile vomiting all over him, all over me, and all over everything else. He didn't want to sleep so I didn't get to sleep. When I finally settled him in the provided bassinet, we experienced turbulence, and the seatbelt sign came on, and I had to pick him up and wake him up. To top it all off, toddler Evelyn, who was just two at the time, exploded her pull-up. So now here I am, covered in baby sick and covered in toddler poo. It was awful, really awful. And yet, I was still so filled with excitement and anticipation for where we were going. It was all worth it. Far bigger than the pain of that present moment was the excitement and longing and expectation of this future hope of arriving in England. And these situations, they only serve to make me more excited to get there faster. This is what the groaning and longing of this passage is like. We groan because we are homesick for heaven and we cannot wait to get there. Paul says that this groaning, this experience of homesickness for heaven is what clues us in to our eternal citizenship. This experience of groaning reminds us that earth is not our home. Our true citizenship is in heaven but what effect does that have on our present? We heard last week that an eternal perspective can help us to not lose heart, to not give up. In today's passage, Paul takes that one step further. Not only do we not lose heart, we also have confidence. Verse 6 says, we are always confident and know that as long as we're at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. And verse 8 says, we are confident and would prefer to be at home with the Lord. 
We have confidence and are certain of our future with the Lord. We can be sure of the fact that one day we will receive resurrection bodies. We will be clothed in our heavenly dwelling. We will be at home with the Lord. We will appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And I think this confidence is something we need to recapture for our present moment. Not least because this future hope makes a difference to our present reality. I was once invited over to lunch at my grandparents' house and had the pleasure of hearing more of their story. They shared how their belief in the imminence of the second coming had fueled their passion for global missions, had given them a sense of urgency for the gospel and for living lives of integrity in view of the coming judgment. This focus on their longing for a future time when they would be at home in the Lord gave them passion and zeal for living for him right now. My grandfather passed away earlier this year, and it brings me great joy to picture him finally at home with his Lord, where he always wanted to be. I'm forever grateful for a legacy of a life lived well in view of eternity, for a life lived with confidence and longing for this future hope. Paul tells us that with this confidence in mind, we make it our goal to please the Lord. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Whether we're in our earthly tent or our eternal house in heaven, we aim to live in view of the coming judgment. This confidence and groaning, this awareness that heaven is our home, this hope and expectation, it's not a form of escapism. Paul isn't talking here about just ignoring the sufferings of this life and thinking happy thoughts about heaven to entertain or distract ourselves. This isn't some spiritual version of Netflix. This hope, this confidence has a real and tangible effect on our present, our now. Our belief that we will inherit eternal life changes the way we live right now. One of the interesting things about living in a country that's not your own is that you kind of get a liberty to be a little bit different. When people meet me, they don't mind if I use vocabulary or pronunciation that's a bit different from theirs. In fact, they usually find it interesting. In a season where my friends are divided in their political views, I don't have a vote. And so in a sense, I'm a neutral third party. When I'm more outgoing than I could get away with in my home country, it's totally acceptable here. And when I'm more introverted, people assume it's just because I'm British. I really enjoy this freedom to just be myself. And as I think about how heavenly citizenship has made a difference in the way that I interact with people, I realize that I've applied it the same way. I have friends who don't know Jesus, and I'm well aware that my Christian vocabulary and church culture is really weird to them. My call to ordain ministry needs a little explaining to someone that doesn't follow Jesus and maybe doesn't have the same values that I do. 
but I'm not ashamed of my culture or my heavenly citizenship. And I've noticed it can actually be interesting for people from a different background to hear about my faith, to learn about it if it's presented in a humble and respectful way. I'm not from here, so I get to be a little different, and I embrace that. My citizenship in heaven gives rise to confidence, not just in my future, but in my present. Our text today reminds us that earth is not our home. Our citizenship is in heaven. So my charge to you today is to embrace your heavenly citizenship. Let your experience of homesickness for heaven remind you that you are built with eternal purpose in mind. Lean into that longing and pray, come Lord Jesus, come. And while you wait, live a life flavored with confidence. Confidence that comes not from your own sense of achievement or ability, or even from your earthly citizenship, but confidence that comes from knowing that you are a citizen of heaven. Let that confidence spur you into conversations about the gospel, about Jesus, about heaven, and lives lived differently from the culture around us. Let's not be afraid to talk about our faith and to live distinctive lives flavored with honor, respect, humility, and servant leadership like Jesus. Let's live in unity with our brothers and sisters, no matter their earthly citizenship or their political views. It doesn't matter that that way of life is not normal for the time we find ourselves in. We're not from here. In a divided, difficult time, we need to recapture this confidence in our future hope, this longing and this groaning for what is to come and its tangible effects on our lives right now. More than ever, we need to recognize that our citizenship is in heaven. We need to acknowledge our common experience of being homesick for heaven and live in the confidence of that citizenship, living every moment to please the Lord. My kids are still a little confused about being British citizens because they don't yet understand that you can be a citizen because of the family that you are born into. Friends, let's not make that same mistake. You are citizens of heaven because you have been adopted into God's family. By the Holy Spirit, you cry, Abba, Father. You have been born again into this family. You are a citizen of heaven. Verse 5 tells us that the gift of the Holy Spirit is a guarantee of what is to come. So let's pray and ask the Holy Spirit to confirm that in us, to groan on our behalf, to assure us of our adoption, and to give rise to confidence. Would you pray with me? Father, we cannot wait for the day that we get to be at home with our Lord. We are so excited, and while we wait, we pray, come, Lord Jesus, come. Would you come quickly? Father, would you fill us again with your Holy Spirit? Would you confirm our adoption into your family, our heavenly citizenship? 
And if there are any here today or listening online who do not yet know that sense of being part of your family, would you tell them today that they are welcome? Would you bring them to that awareness? Would you confirm in them that they are born again into your family? And for those of us who have known that for a while, would you remind us of that fact? Would you help us to walk in confidence of our future hope and live every second of our life to please you? Would you fill us with courage and hope and expectation and lives that are lived differently from the culture that we find ourselves in? Would we point to our heavenly reality, to our heavenly home by the way we live? We ask all of this for your glory and in your name. 